Welcome to the Minute Church Podcast. Today, we're continuing our series, Ever Wonder Why? Today's sermon is entitled, A Voice from Hell. We're going to answer the burning question of, why does God send people to hell? You might actually be shocked by the answer, so sit back, relax, and enjoy the podcast starting right now. And so today, I encourage you to share this out on Facebook, and I know it's on YouTube. Share that to wherever you can. Uh, you text it to somebody, and just because I truly believe that it's touching people's lives, because we're hearing these great reports, and and so. But today, we're going to ask the difficult question again. And the question is: Is why would a loving God send people to hell? So we're going to talk about a deep subject today, and my sermon is entitled "A Voice from Hell." Pastor Mike, I can't believe you said that word there. I can't believe you. that's an unwritten rule in churches today. You can't talk about the bad place. You can't talk about that place. You can't, you can't be talking about that. You want people to come to your church, right? You want people to come out and, and, and be there. It's supposed to be this, this good feeling message, and it's supposed to make you feel good. We're supposed to be welcoming and loving. you all the time talking about loving on people, but today you're going to talk about that nasty place, that place you know, hell's up there in, in, in church rules where you're, you know, up there with, with politics. You're not supposed to talk about politics in church. You're not supposed to talk about money in church. And you're not supposed to talk about hell. You know what I'm talking about? That H-E double hockey sticks. Anybody? Nobody? You know, if you take the calendar back in the day, you could put 7734 in there and you could spin it around. It says hell. None of y'all ever did that? I was the only kid that did that. I don't like games. You guys do that. Hell, that's often the word that gets tossed around, gets threw out there all the time. And you guys may have heard this. Now, don't take what I'm going to say out of context, but people say, go to hell. And oftentimes, a lot of people's response is, I'll see you there. <laughs> I remember growing up doing something and and I hear my parents or my grandparents said, the world's a hell in a handbasket. And your parents or grandparents ever uh, said that? You've heard that saying? The world's, a, the world's going to hell in a handbasket. I never really understood what that meant, but I don't really know. <laughs> Somebody cuts you off in traffic. It's WTH. WTH! What are you doing over there? <laughs> And some of y'all are H-A-L-E. Hell no. <laughs> Settle down over there, Trina. Trina's a by the way. But I remember as a kid, this was a scare tactic. This was a scare tactic as a kid. I grew up in church, and it was a scare tactic. They sit all the kids down, and they'd look at them. They'd look you deep in the eye and say, do you know Jesus? Because if you don't, there's this man named Lucifer. He's going to get you. And he's not the, he's this deep, dark guy. And they would look at you and be like, you know where you're going to go if you don't get your life right with Jesus? Where am I going to go? You're going to go to hell. And that's what they did as a kid. I mean, it was terrifying. I remember being in Sunday school and like, the, the guy was like, do you know Jesus? And I was like, I think so. He says, you think so or you know so? Because if you don't know so, you could go to hell. I was like, I don't want to go to hell. That sounds like a bad place. I, I said hell one time with mom and daddy, and, and, and I got scared. But people oftentimes try to scare people. 
about him. And we're going to dive deep into this today. We're going to dive really hard into this. I want you guys to stick around with me. Online campus, you guys share this out this morning. I know it's going to change somebody's life. But it's a difficult question. It's hard to understand hell. It's hard to understand this place. Why would a loving God send people to hell? That's a hard question, right? It's a deep question. See, God is love, right? For God so loved the world that he sent his son, Jesus, down on the cross. Man, that's deep love. That's love that, that, man, I'm glad that he sent his son, Jesus, down on the cross for me. And, 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 and I, I look at my, my, my life, and, and I look at my girls, and I look at my wife, and, and I love them. But I don't think I could send them out to save the world. I don't love y'all that much. I'm just kidding. I love y'all, but <laughs> I ain't giving my kids. But God is supposed to be love. But yet, you're going to tell me if you don't know who Jesus is, then you're going to burn forever. We're going to dive in this today. <laughs> it tells us in the Bible that worms, if you go to hell, that worms never die. That you're tortured day in and day out. And this don't sound like a loving God. This doesn't sound like somebody that loves me. This doesn't sound like somewhere that I really want to go. Pastor Mike, you're supposed to be this loving church. When we go, we love people. I love everybody. Everybody comes in here, everybody on online camp. I love you guys. But see, if hell is real, then there's got to be the devil. And what is his goal? What is the devil's goal? His job is to convince you that it's not real. Satan's job is to convince you that hell is not a real place. And that's why you, all the time you see movies or you hear people say, hey, you go to hell, and they'll say, oh, I'll just see you there. Because they don't take it serious. They don't think that this place is real. And see, and see, the devil's going to constantly tell us that we can live however we want to live. And y'all think about it right now. Y'all go out into the world, hang out, go to the shopping malls, or go to the, 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 the Walmart, man. There's people out there that live in however they want to live. Cray, cray. And he's going he's gonna to look at you, think, and, and try to get you to justify the sins that you're making. That's the devil's job. That's, that's what Satan's job is. He's trying to convince you that it's not real. And he's going to justify the reasoning for you to reject Christ and not to fear God at all. And so sometimes that when we go through this thing and, and we get our lives gets ridiculously self-centered and all becomes about me, what benefits me where I can get ahead, where I can make you look bad so I can be looking good. And that's what the enemy wants. He wants us to reject the idea that hell is real. Because he's going to make you question, well, why would a loving God, if God truly loves me, then why would he allow me to go to this bad place? Let's find out why. Hell is a subject that can constantly be found throughout the Bible. I thought it was interesting as I was studying and, and you know, being brought up again in church, and I've heard this several times, I thought it was interesting that you can find out in the Bible that the one who talks the most about this place 
this deceitful place, this evil, dark, nobody wants you to go to, was the very most loving person in the whole Bible, and his name was Jesus. Jesus was the one who talked about hell the most. Man, I don't know about y'all, but, but if the man that loves me the most is the, mo is the one mostly talking about it, I might, not need, I might need to listen to what he is saying. I need to listen up to what he's saying. Because Jesus wasn't like the angry... Now, y'all, y'all ever done this? <laughs> Do not throw stones at me, okay? I'm going to take some heat. That's all right. But Jesus wasn't like these angry street preachers out there on the side of the road with these big signs and say, you're going to hell. You're going to hell. If you don't get your life right, you're going to hell. I'm going to tell you right now, us at Minute Church, we ain't going to get on some side of the corners with the ties and say you're going to go to hell. You know why? Because you're going to do more damage than you are going to do good. Prove me wrong because you can't. If you've been out there and you've done that, hey, just own it. Hey, I made a mistake. I shouldn't have done that because God is about love. Yes, and there's an appropriate way to go about spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ and it ain't getting on the side of the corner like a uh, stampede up there, like a mob, like you're going to go to hell if you don't get your life right. But instead, hey, we're going to cross lines and bring people in and say, hey, come in the house of God because God loves you. You made mistakes. And if you don't turn from your evil ways, yes, you, there's a place called hell that you can be down to forever. But listen, See, Jesus didn't want people to go there. Jesus don't want anybody to go to hell. Tells us in Matthew 5 and 29, it says, if your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it. Now, last week we talked about Jesus was radical. I mean, he was extreme. And that's extreme, right? If I look at something and I look at it inappropriate, if I steal something, man, he wants me to gouge, gouge out my eyes or cut off my hand. Man, that's extreme. I got this little thing up here. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. I got this game for a leadership team. We're going to have some fun in a few weeks. But y'all imagine, I take something that's not mine. That's actually mine. Let me find something that's not mine. Renata, let me have something that's not mine. <laughs> All right. I'm going to take... Fernando's phone because it's an iPhone and it's cool. It's a late, cool model. It's amazing and it does great things and I can take cool pictures with it. It's got this pop socket on it. It's amazing. I like it. I'm going to take it. I'm going to hold on to it. It ain't mine. I know I'm stealing it. I know I'm going to take it away. And, and, thank you. And, and it tells me in the, in, in the Bible, it says it's better for me to cut off my hand. It's better for me to cut off my hand or gouge out my eye than it is for me to sin. Because it's better for you to lose one part of your body than your whole body be thrown into hell. Did y'all hear that? It's better for you to lose one part of your body than your whole body to be thrown into hell. I don't know about y'all. I don't lose any part of my body. <laughs> I'd be, just been transparent with you. But the word hell here is translated some word I don't know how to say. <laughs> I think it's Jehanda. When you translate, man, the Bible's great. But when you go back and you get to the root of the Greek and the Hebrew and you start translating and you start finding the meanings of these words, and when you find out where the valley is, 
And it tells us that the valley here is in the south corner of Jerusalem. And, and, and <laughs> the word hell here in Matthew 5. I don't, I'm not make sure I don't lose you guys. So, so, so we're going to cut off our body parts because it's better to lose a body part than to be thrown into hell. And so, and so they believe in, in the translation here when they, when they start looking up these root words and they start breaking everything down, these big smart scholars and, and are my studies here. And, and we was looking this up. And it says in the most center point of the southwest corner of Jerusalem, there's a, there's a valley there called Ben Hymnus. I don't know how to say it. And it's believed that it's there is where a center point of hell may be. We're going to look at this. We're going to look at this. <laughs> uh, Jeremiah 7.31. So they built a high place on the triumph in the valley of Ben, H word I don't have to say, to burn their sons and daughters in the fire. Jeremiah 7 and 31. And so today, in current day, so here it was a place where they went to sacrifice their kids, where they went up there to burn their sons and their daughters an evil place. And today, if you go to that certain centermost point, you won't see any homes. You won't see any businesses on this valley. And this is, this is the place where the people's village here believed that they were cursed, that they were cut off from God because they were doing evil things. They were doing bad things. You see, it's because of their history, the valley become a nasty garbage dump. Y'all think with me just for a moment, there's a place here, and, and we'll just we're just used to behind the church here. We'll just imagine with me for a second. This is the valley that they're talking about back here and behind the church. This place become because of the history. They were back here burning children. They were doing bad things. They were doing horrific things that, that now this most center portion is cut off from God. Because of the history, it became a garbage dump. The animals died. Or there were dead animals, there was human waste, there was sewage, there were bodies being executed because of criminals, and there was this nasty smell of sulfur that was there. And there was a smother a smoldering fire that can never be put out. It's all true, you can ask look this up. But this was a land no more because the beauty, the laughter, the pain. The friendships that were there, the joy, the happiness, the chances were all taken away. You ever heard that, that statement? One bad apple spoils a bunch. That is true because if you leave an apple that's bad and rotten in a bunch of a, rest of, a bunch of other apples, they start rotting within themselves. And that's what was happening. This land that was once beautiful because of some bad apples got in there and destroyed it. See, so, so Jesus talked about hell. He talked about the torture chambers that were in there. I know this ain't a popular message, but, but, but man, this is just something that God put on our hearts to talk about because it's a hard question that nobody really wants to talk about. This is a bad place, but what was much worse about it, it was just much like this land and this valley that had been cut off from God. It's a place where everything that was once good, that was once great, no longer has the connection with God's presence. This is what happens when you go to, if you, if you, know, if you don't live your life 
and give your whole self to God. That's what happens. It becomes a place that's cut off from God. You may have lived a good life. Oh, Pastor Michael, well, I live a good life. I do great things. I'm in my community. I'm volunteering. I don't say bad words. I don't drink. I don't sleep around. I don't do drugs. I don't do none of that. I'm a pretty good person. I aim to go to church. I aim to give. And what's ironic is me and Tasha had this conversation. We can look the parts. But if we don't have a relationship with God, it doesn't matter. We were talking about the rapture and the rapture taking place and how sad it would be for people to be left behind. I said, you know, the saddest part about it, I said, there's going to be church people that's left behind. When God splits the sky, there's going to be church people. That's been, there, I'll be even more transparent. There's going to be pastors that are going to be left behind. How sad is that? Because it's not, it don't matter the roles that you play. It's about the relationships that you have. So what is heaven? Heaven is a place of God's presence. It says when we pass away and we enter into the gates of heaven, we're in God's presence. We're in his presence. And hell is a place of the absence of God. Where God is not at. So why hell? Question, excuse me, if you're taking notes, why hell? Hell exists for God to righteously punish Satan. Hell exists for God to righteously punish Satan. See, y'all all seen the, the, the red guy in the, in the red suit and the pitchfork and, and he's out there. That ain't Satan. Got the little horns on, you know what I'm talking about? It's not Satan. Satan, if you actually truly look up and you've studied the Bible, Lucifer was his name. He was an angel in heaven. They said he was the most beautiful angel of them all. And not only was he the most beautiful angel, but he could play the most beautiful music out there. I'm getting ready to blow your guys' minds. That's why I truly believe our music, it, we all have one thing in common. We all like some sort of music. We all love music. Well, I like this, this band, or I like this group, or I like this style, I like that style. And we all can relate to say, hey, I like this type of music. And, 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 and I truly believe since Satan and Lucifer was the, was the head man out there over all the music and over all the instruments, it's why we have some of the styles and types of music that we have because music can be influential. And, and I remember as a kid... But if I wasn't feeling it, I'd go in there and I'd put some hard stuff on. And man, I'd be like, oh, I, I'm re I'd be ready to fight. And, and I'd get in there and be like, I'm really ready to fight now. And I'd, I'd get myself worked up and because the music is influential. And I think that's because Satan was over that. Lucifer was over it. But, 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 but evil, he's an evildoer. Satan is behind everything. Every addict that's out there. Every abuse, every fear, every pain, every shame. Satan's in behind it because he's out to kill, steal, and destroy each and every one of us. And, and y'all know I was talking about earlier. If you got a prayer request, you need it. Go to meditchurch.com forward slash pray. Why not tell you that? Because we know the power of prayer. And Satan, guess what? Knows the power of prayer. That's why he tries to distract us from reading our Bibles and praying every day from these things called cell phones, these things called TVs, TV series. 
music. He's behind it all. He's a dark angel. He's the accuser. He's the tempter. He's the wicked one. He's a thief. He's the father of all lies. He steals joys. He kills faith. He destroys health. He ruins our finances. And he's after our kids every single day. Revelations 20 and 10. And the devil, mark that, and the devil who deceived them was also thrown into the lake of fire or into the lake of the burning sulfur. Now that's good news for all of us. This is good news right here because guess what? God gave us a playbook. God tells us and we can see the very end. We know what's coming. We know what's going to happen in the end. But it's the process we got to go through for us to get to the end. Because we're not, our reward isn't here on earth, it's in heaven. We got to make it to heaven. This is where the beasts and the false prophets have been thrown. That they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. That kind of seems unfair, don't it? You'll be tortured. See, it comes to sin. Yeah, it feels good in those moments. It feels good to sin. Anybody that's ever sinned, which is all of us, knows it feels good. It's like when, you, when you're doing something wrong and you, and you know you're doing it wrong. I mean, it feels good to sin. But why does this perfect God just look the other way? See, see, why doesn't he just turn his back and, and say, ah, you, it's just a little white lie. It's no big deal. It's just this one time. It's just this one time and it's not going to hurt you. But it's impossible for God to be holy without being just. Since God is a just God. God is a jealous God. But for him to be holy, it's impossible. Or excuse me, it's, it's impossible for God to be holy without being just. See, hell exists for God to righteously punish Satan. And hell exists for God to righteously punish him. You hear me? Hell exists for God to righteously punish evil and to punish sin and to punish Satan because it tells us the wages of sin is death. The only way to the Father is through Christ Jesus. 2 Thessalonians 1, 8 through 9 says, He, talking about God here, will punish those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. You hear that? He, talking about God here, will punish those who do not know God and do not obey the gospels of our Lord Jesus. Verse 9, it says, they will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and, the, and far from the glory of his might. I don't know what would be worse. Knowing that I lived a good life and, and, and I think I'd be better off just living a worse life. But I think it would be terrible to know cut off from the presence of God. Cut off from him. I'm going to finish up with this. I got a lot I'm, I'm missing here. But see, but don't, but see, but even with this, even with me telling you what the Bible tells us and what the scripture says and, 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 and where it all come from, that you know that there's people still don't accept that there's a reality, that, that, there's a, that there is a hell. There's still people out there that doesn't think that that hell exists. So I'm going I'm to read this real quick. And this comes from Luke 16, uh, 19 through 24. So we're going to hit this really quick. Jesus told a parable about a voice from hell. 
So there was a luxury man that was dressed in purple and fine linen, and he lived a luxury life every day. And so he was a, he was a nice man. He, he dressed nice. He was sharp dressed. He, he had money. He was living it up. And he passed away. It says, uh, or excuse me, let me back up for a second. And in verse 26, it says, At his gate was laid a, a beggar named Lazarus, covered with sores, and longed to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs come by and licked his sores. So, so, so hear me out. So you got this man here. Man, he, he had all these sores on it. He was a beggar. He was begging from the table. I just want a crumb that falls out. That will be plenty enough for me. Uh, and they'll give me that satisfaction I need. But here, in verse 22, it says, it says, the time came when the beggar died and the angel carried him to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. Now, y'all check this out. Just check this out. In Hades here, talking about hell, which he, talking about the rich man, was in torments. He looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. So he called to him. He said, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to the depths, or excuse me, send Lazarus to dip the toes of his fingers in the water and cool my tongue because I am agony in this fire. So he just wanted him to put his hands in the water just so he can lean it over and dip it out to him so he can just get just a little bit of water on his tongue because he was in agony from the pain. Now this next part here gets really deep. It gets really deep here. Verse, the latter part of 27, it says, Then I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my family. Verse 28, For I have five brothers. Let him warn him so they will not also come to this place of torments. Was begging with them. Please just tell them. Tell them about this place so they don't have to come here. I, won't, I don't want them to come here. I don't want somebody to come be in this place. I'm here. I'm experienced. I'm telling you, you don't want to come here. The voice from hell is sending out a warning to each and every one of us. You don't want to come here. This isn't a place of rest. This isn't a place anybody wants to go to. This isn't a place where I would wish my best in, or my worst enemy on. Well, I wish you would go to hell. I don't wish anybody to go to that awful place. Because I hear what they're talking about in Luke here. This is a place of torments. And see, when you look at this and you look deep into this, man, the rich man, he had it all. Had everything that you can imagine. Luxury cars, luxury clothes, luxury jewelry, the best cologne, the best food. Had it all. But he lacked the most important thing, that relationship with Christ. Because it's about the relationship. Yes, we're going to make mistakes, we're going to stumble, but God's going to be there to pick us up. Listen, see the rich man, he was here. He said, I don't want nobody to come here. Because at the end of the day, there's going to be a lot of good people that don't make it. There's going to be a lot of people that are going to say, well, why does God send these people here? I'm sure there's people in hell right now that's begging out and crying out, why did you send me here? But the reality is, 
we make the decision. We all have a choice. And it's up to us to decide whether we want to serve God and pursue after God and have that deep relationship with Him or for us just to go through this life and hope and chance it. Today or any day, I wouldn't chance it at all. I truly believe with everything that's going on in this world that we're getting ready to see the second coming of Christ. Don't be left behind. Don't chance it today. If you're on the edge of your seat and you're like, man, I don't know. I don't know today whether I truly believe there's a hell. I'm going to wait. I'm going to go home and I'm going to study a little bit more. You can chance it, but you can also chance getting your car and dying. Don't wait. I don't have special powers. I can get up here every week and I can preach the gospel and I can tell you that hell's a real place. But you and your heart have to make the decision and you and your heart have to take it to God and say, God, I ask you for forgiveness. And we're going to do a sinner's prayer here in just a few moments. It's simple. But the enemy's going to come at you and he's going to tell you a whole bunch of lies because he's the father of lies. Guys, as we close today, if you don't mind, if you'll stand with me this morning. Online campus, we're going to pray. If you got prayer uh, requests, you can submit those in the comments below. But let's pray today. Father God, thank you so much for this day. God, I thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on the cross. God, Satan is the father of all lies. He's the deceiver, God. But God, you're the father of truth who sent his son, Jesus, to die on the cross for each and every one of us, God. God, to save us from that place of hell. God, today I ask you to let us examine our hearts, God. God, reveal to us things that we may not be pleasing to you. And God, let us correct those things. God, let us leave those things at the altar and leave them at your presence, God. And God, let us walk away free. And God, when the enemy comes to attack us, God, put a protection around us. When he tries to feed us lies, God, remind us that you're still with us. Because, God, we know the end of the book. We know what's going to happen to Satan. And God, just help us and touch us. If you don't know who Christ is and you want to make a decision for Christ today, all you have to do is say this simple prayer. Dear Jesus, I'm a sinner. Thank you for coming to this earth and dying on the cross for me. Forgive me of my sins. Help me when it gets hard. And remind me that when I stumble that you still love me and you're there to pick me up help me on this new journey and be with me always in your name I pray amen thank you again for tuning into the medic church podcast if you need prayer today you can submit a prayer request by going to www.medicchurch.com forward slash pray our team is standing by ready to believe that God's going to meet each and every need that is submitted we can't wait to be with you next time as we give another life-giving message we'll see you soon